Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi Line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abbafei in downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Fun first hour. We thank Harry Gagnon of the Against All Odds podcast for joining us in the last segment. If you missed it, make sure you check it out in podcast form. Just search the Lombardi Line. Speaking of podcasts, uh, the new edition of the GM Shuffle podcast just dropped into your feed wherever you get your podcast. Michael and I going over the week 16 slate also some big picture stuff in the nfl as well we encourage everyone if you don't already do so subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast um and go ahead and check that out no thursday edition so that'll be a whole lot of fun there uh we do have a fun second hour though on deck for you guys mike palm vp of operations here at the circuit resort and casino he will be joining us in 30 minutes in studio for palms pressing three that's always a highlight of the week here on the lombardi line so stick around for that but michael let's go ahead and reset the deck here Thursday night football, Saints at the Rams. Harry, last segment, said he likes the Saints with the points here. Do you agree with that? Like, you think this is a little bit of a closer game than what we'll see, uh, at least what the market expects? You know, the thing that worries me, Femi, so much about this game is, is that there seems to be so – everybody's on the Rams. I mean, this has been universal all week. It looks too easy. And as we talked – Stormy and I talked about this yesterday. When it looks this easy – you know, 21% of the money's in on the on the Saints. You know, 19% of the tickets in, all over the markets, on and offshore, DraftKings everywhere. So you add all those in, you're saying, you know, why is this number moving to three and a half if everybody's playing the Rams? It just worries you. And I think these games have a tendency. Look, one thing we don't know about Dennis Allen, you can say he's not a good head coach. He's a good defense coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's way better than Joe Barry. We can say that because he could stop Tommy DeVito. Joe Barry couldn't. Yeah. All right? So, you know, he, he knows that with McVay, they've had some familiarity. you got to stop. You, you know, with the Rams, they lure you to sleep, but you've got to play the run. You've got to be physical up front, and you've got to force the game into Stafford's lap. I know he's got Cooper Cup. I know he's got – all these great players around him. But the reality of it is, is, you know, you've got to force him to w- win the game. And I think if they do that, where the Ravens didn't do that, right? The Ravens, I mean, one of the things we're thinking about, we're talking about the Ravens and the Niners is Sean, is Kyle Shanahan watched the Rams run the ball up and down the field on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these offenses, Kyle's offense and McVay's offense, are predicated on they've got to have runs to take the pressure off the quarterback. And that's what bothers me a little bit about that game coming up. I lean towards the Rams. It looks too easy on paper. But I do think there's a play here, not at three and a half. I think the four was the right number. You know, I think it'll be a closer game. I don't trust don't trust Carr. I don't trust Allen. I don't trust the Saints. But I do, for some reason, think that they'll play their best game. 
Yeah, and it's effectively a playoff game. We talked about the the probability swing for either of these teams. If the Rams, if they win this game according to the next-gen stat probability stuff for the playoffs, they are a 75% likelihood to make it. If they lose, that goes all the way down to 15%. And it's a pretty big swing for New Orleans as well here. So both teams sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven, Effectively an elimination game for that 7 seed in the NFC. But I haven't really asked you about this this season, and I'm curious to get your thoughts because, like I said, like I'm not a big Dennis Allen person. That's well-documented. We've talked about it on the podcast. We've talked about it here on the Lombardi line, but do you think Dennis Allen is coaching? Like if they don't make the playoffs, is this, is it over for him or are they going to kind of continue going forward or down this path? I think they're going to give it one more year. And I think they got to figure out what they're going to look. They've, they've invested in, they've invested in, uh, in, in car. And I think Mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of concerned about that investment. There's no question from around the league. I do think the question would be if they replace Allen, who are they going to get? You know, would they hire John John Gruden to come back? Mm. I mean, would that would they be would they do that? We know Gruden's been in the building. Gruden's been helping out. He's been trying to be involved offensively. So, I think to me, you know, Allen will get another year unless they fall flat on their face because I'm not sure that there's anybody that they have in mind that can do that. Yeah, I mean, it's you look at it like that division is just out there for the taking the NFC South. We talked about how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now are in the lead of that one Atlanta. They've had their kind of failures this season. Like if they can't win the division this year, it's like, boy, that's, that's not a good sign. But I did see across my timeline earlier this week and I forget who was tweeting it, but they were talking about how, Hey, like Brandon Staley could be a good defensive coordinator pickup for somebody, which I chuckled when I saw that I was like, if, if Dennis Allen ever got let go, this is like a legitimate guy that could come be a defensive coordinator. Like he's going to, have a lot of phone calls like, like like if he got let go and if for some reason Dan Quinn yeah. wasn't the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys I'm like hey go call Dennis Allen have him coordinate the defense his defenses always play really well they do it's like you know and look Josh McDaniels offense plays well it doesn't make, make him a great coach right a head mm-hmm. coach or you know some of these guys that water seeks their level and so they can't you know I'm sure Arthur Smith will be a really good offensive coordinator somewhere I don't think he's a head coach I think he's a play caller some guys need that with you so for me yeah, I, th- I think that. Now, Staley said that one year that he's lived off of really as a defensive guru. Other than that, I'm sure he'll probably go back down to Miami and be reunited with Vic. Yeah, yeah maybe he'll go and coach the linebackers or something that with that Dolphins defense. Last thing for me on this game from a big picture. Now, let's just assume that the betting market's right and the Rams just win the game. I don't know if they cover or not, but let's just say that they win the game. Outside of like kind of like the quote-unquote big three that we talk about in the NFC with the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles – would you say the Rams are the fourth best team in this conference and one of the more dangerous wildcard teams here? I don't think the Rams are a dangerous wildcard team because I think when they play against a good team uh, that knows McVay, I think that they can't scheme their way out of trouble. Because the, remember, let's be clear here. The Rams are not the Rams are not a talented team. They have talented players, but their depth is not good. They can't create turnovers. They've created four turnovers in the last five weeks. They're 30th in the league in creating turnovers defensively. So what does that tell us? That They don't have a lot of great team speed. They, they're well coached. They really are. They, they're really well coached. They're a good game plan team. They're a game-specific team. But when you get into the playoffs and you play, if you're a seventh seed and you're playing those upper echelon seeds, there's a disparity in talent, and I think that'll show up. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just people gravitate toward the head coach quarterback combination of McVay Stafford. Since we've seen them do it like and win a Super Bowl, it's like, oh, like you don't want to see them in the playoffs because that seems to be the conversation around this team is that the Rams could be dangerous if they ever got in and and like they could maybe beat the Eagles in Philadelphia or maybe I, beat Detroit. I don't think Detroit. anybody's I don't think anybody's scared about 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 playing the Rams. I think they would like to play the Rams. Look, you got to pressure Stafford. You got to be able to rush your four guys, put some pressure on them. But I don't I don't think they put their talent levels not there yet. Now, they're going to, you know, it's not the game's not going to be over in the first quarter, yeah. but eventually you're going to wear them down and win the game. Yeah. As we've seen the physical teams be able to do. Uh, we'll see if New Orleans can do that tonight. Once again, the spread is sitting at four. There was some buyback going on here. Like we got down to three and a half pretty much across the board. Now we're back to four. There's one three and a half that's kind of an, at an offshore place here, but the total is at 45 and a half. So it seems like we're going to probably settle here at four because the minute we got to three and a half, that immediately got bet yeah. in favor of the Los Angeles Rams. So that's likely going to be our I think the break. market feels like the Rams are overvalued. <laughs> the professionals feel the Rams are overvalued. And I think to me, you know, you could say the same thing about the Saints. I mean, look, that like I know Harry said they played well the last 
they really have played well defensively, and I think that's the strength of making the argument to take the four points is you think their defense can hang in there. Another primetime under tonight? Yeah, well, I think they're definitely going to be a good case for the primetime under. You know, I mean, look, if the Rams run the ball, the Saints have to run the ball too. The Saints don't want to, you know, the Saints don't want a 50-pass game. They, the last thing the Saints want is 50 passes for 200 yards, a classic Derek Carr game. 50 for 200 with 0 for 5 in the red zone. <laughs> and 0 for 5 in the red zone, right. Let's hope that's and not And then at I... the end of the game, right there, he'll be 49 passes for 195 yards, and then he'll connect on a deep pass for 60, and it makes the numbers look all different. Yeah, yeah well, Chris Olave's back, and, and they got Olave, they got Rashid Shahid. The, the whole gang's back together, so it'll be electric tonight. High-stakes playoff game, essentially, in this game between the Saints and the Rams. Also, it's kind of the big news from today in the NFL. Tyreek Hill returns back to the practice field for the Miami Dolphins. Didn't practice yesterday, obviously missed Sunday's game last week against the New York Jets. It looks like he's on track to go ahead and play against the Dallas Cowboys to where uh, Dallas got bet earlier this morning here in the market where pick them across the board between the Cowboys and the Dolphins total at 50. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know why. I think, I think, look, the Miami defense is good. Miami's defense will give them some trouble. Without Tyron Smith, I think that becomes a problem for Dallas because now you get who's blocking Chubb? How do you handle in that situation? And, and we've seen Dak when he was in Philly. You know, they moved the ball, but Philly won the game because they couldn't protect him when they needed to protect him. That's what worries me about this game for Dallas. Yeah, it's the protection on the road. And then you talked about on surface with grass. It's Dallas is not able to kind of utilize that speed that they have defensively there. And the run defense is really taking a hit for this Cowboys team. It's, it hasn't been good. And Jonathan Hankins being out, like, that's not the only reason. There's other reasons as to why they can't, run, they can't defend the run, I should say. But it's, but this it's is an edge run game. you you got to set the edge on both sides. Like, yeah. I would suspect uh, Parsons to play end in this game. I would expect the ball to get funneled back inside. When you play Miami, it's not you're going to get beat up inside. you got to play the outside, the wide zone runs. And I think Dallas can do that. The, the, one thing about Miami's run game, they're not going to beat you up. It's, 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 I'm not saying it's not physical. It is. But they're not, it's not coming downhill at you. It's going sideways to the corner, and then they're going to use their speed to get going. So do you think Dallas is getting bet because of the O-line injuries? Is that why? For the Dolphins? Yeah, I think they're getting better. I think the people feel like the Dolphins, in spite of what Tua said at his press conference, I think the Dolphins, if the Dolphins, when they play against a good team and a good coordinator that takes away his first read, they have struggled to throw the football. I mean, they have struggled to score points. You know, I think that's pretty clear. They have done a great job for betters. Is they, when they can play against bad teams, they, they put points on the board. But when they play against teams that know what they're doing defensively, Philadelphia, even New England held them. I mean, New England, mm -hmm. can, they still held them to 24 in the first game. They struggle. Yeah, and even in the second game, New England actually played them pretty tough as well down there in Miami. It's they just like give they, the ball away. New England yeah. just loves to give the ball away like it's nobody's business. Look, the Raiders held them to 20 points. Yeah. So maybe Dallas can do the same, but the total right now is indicating that we're going to see some points here. 50 is our total. Pick them, the current point spread between the Cowboys and the Dolphins. All right, we'll talk line moves on the other side. Right move, wrong move. We'll discuss it next here on the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C. 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. All I want for the holidays this year is some NBA action. This week, new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code Vegas only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Vegas. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, you were taking in some NBA action last night there. When, yeah, how went about to that, Philly. Huh? Were you out there chanting MVP when Embiid was at the you line? You know, it's funny. It's really funny you bring that up. So they started chanting MVP, and my six-year-old grandson, Dominic, he starts chanting MVP. They were into it. My son looked at me and like, oh, you're not going to do this, are you? And I don't know. I don't think so. I was very happy, though. I bought my little girl, uh, my uh, two-year-old granddaughter. I bought her a Tyrese Maxey jersey. Nice. So I was happy to do that, you know. I mean, look, I'm still going to, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm involved in this too much. But, yeah. yeah, look, they play, look, give them credit. They played well last night. They they played good defense, so they got, you know, Maxi scored 30. He took over the fourth quarter. Embiid scored over 50. You know, they, they're, they're a, I, I like Nurse. I'll be the first to tell you. I think mm-hmm. he's a good coach. I think they have a lot of good players. I really do. I think they have length. I think they have athleticism. I mean, I, I like this team better than I did last year's team just because of the way they play and how they share the ball and – and how they're unselfish and they don't have a ball hog and Harden out there just, you know, constantly pounding the rock. <laughs> Harden, that, that basketball will be doing a lot of work when Harden's out there on the court, man. I he tell pounds you it. You know, he beats it <laughs> up. You know? the hell so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just beats it up. So I, I, I'm pretty – I like him. I, I don't know if he could stay healthy. I mean, I've I never seen a guy on the ground more in all my life. But, hmm. look, he was – you know, he did some good th- – he did, was good last night. He was playing well. Morris, the, the kid that they got from the – he's not a kid. He's an older guy. Shoots well. I mean, last night they lost uh, Melton in the third quarter. He fell down. I don't know how bad the injury was, but their their bench is good. I mean, they have some good young players there. Yeah, and they, and they have a lot of assets. If if Daryl Morey, who recently got an extension, congratulations to him. If 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 he wants to maybe make some moves at the deadline, they have a lot of assets to deal with the that they got back in that Harden trade. Maybe they go ahead and add another piece to this Embiid Maxi nucleus to where. The Sixers could be cooking with something like we were talking about it before we did the GM shuffle. Like they just feel different this year than they have in the past. Like who knows what that means in May, but it feels a little bit different. So they got that going. It was interesting though. I mean, you never, if you, if you ask people where the Timberwolves in first place, nobody would say that last night was their sixth loss of the year. That's all they've had. Yeah. You know? And so that was only their fifth loss on the road. And so, you know, that's pretty impressive. I, I was actually really impressed by that. I mean, how good they are. I mean, Anthony Edwards is outstanding. I mean, he oh, yeah. and Jaden McDaniels gives them, I mean, he's got such length. You know, he was a former Sixer last year. So, you know, they're a good team. I mean, considering that the Sixers lost to the Bulls on Monday to come back and win this one was a big one. 
Yeah, the, the T-Wolves, the best defensive team in the league. All their net rating stuff, it's like near the top of the league there. In and the, in what the Sixers, the Sixers scored? 127. They scored? One, one, 127 on them, yeah. And, and 37 of them came in the fourth, you know, and, and they shot over – both teams shot over 50%. No, I, I think I think there's a lot a lot of people optimistic about about the Philadelphia 76ers. That'll be another conversation for another day. Let's get back to the NFL though, and a little right move, wrong move, some line movements okay. that we've seen in the National Football League starting Saturday afternoon in Pittsburgh, where this opened a week ago. Steelers one and a half point favorites. Now we flipped all the way to the Bengals. Now two point favorites. The total has gone from 39 and a half to 37. Both deciding the total, right move or wrong move. I got to think it's the right move just by the way these teams have played and the lack of urgency by Pittsburgh to, you know, when we think that they're going to play better. I mean, to get smoked by the by the Colts, you know, after a 13 nothing lead is disappointing to get beat at home by both Arizona and New England. Yeah, I can see why this line moved. I mean, look, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people in your contest that you play, Femi, with the Circa Millions. I think there's going to be a lot of people – Probably move this number before kickoff down. I think it'll come down because there's still that Tomlin belief. But yeah. it, I think it is the right number, and even without Chase. But I think you got to be really careful taking Cincinnati here with Reader being out. I think that really affects their interior defensive front. Well, it goes to what you said earlier that, like, if it looks too easy, maybe don't do it. And it looks easy to just say, Bengals one and a half click, let's move on. Like, like that's looks a little bit easy. I'm not saying that I want to bet Pittsburgh, but – I'm just saying that this is a game that if you want to believe in the Tomlin underdog narrative, this might be the one to go ahead and do it. Right. Bills Chargers. This will be the Saturday night game over on Peacock exclusive. Make sure you get that sorted out there. Uh, This opened Buffalo nine and a half. Now we're out to I'm looking in the market right now live. We're out to as high as 13, 12 and a half here at Circa. Uh, It was 11 and a half earlier when we were doing the, 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 the making of the graphics for this year. The total has gone from 40 and a half to now 44. Right move, wrong move to go in favor of Buffalo. Well, I think it is the right move because, I mean, we're still Ethan Stick is playing quarterback, right? You know, and so what what, what can we expect? No Keenan Allen. Uh, and the lack of effort that we saw out of the Chargers last week was alarming. So, yeah, I do think it's the right move. Although I will say this, Femi, there is a ton of money. I mean, there's a ton of money coming in on, on the Chargers here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of – it's been – there hasn't been as much Buffalo money now today – there's some 13s in the market. There's 12 and a half. So now I'm starting to see some 13s. So there's a little bit of a concern, and maybe this was it. it this number got to 14 yep. earlier in the week, and now it came back to 13 and went back down. It's really been fluctuating. I think a lot of that has to do with the flu. There's a flu bug going around that people think is in Buffalo, which we saw affect the Cowboys. Maybe the Cowboys gave it to them. They played so yeah. close to each other. So I think that could be the issue here. Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back to like, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Like, I was thinking about that when they were talking about the Cowboys and the flu. I was like, do they get it from Jalen Hurts? Because then Hurts had, like, the illness and all that stuff. And then the Cowboys had the illnesses. Now Buffalo's got some, like, it's it's going around the NFL. So look out, Chargers, I guess is what I'm saying here. Uh, the next yeah. game, Colts and the Falcons. Open one and a half. Just a small move, gone from one and a half to now one in favor of the Falcons here. The total, though, has moved a little bit more. 43, now up to 44 and a half. Right move, wrong move. Well, I think it's the right move. Look, uh, the, the Falcons are a team you want to re- – you look at them and say, God, they move the ball at times and they're better at home, right? You know, but then the Colts have been resilient. you got to be careful about that Cincinnati game they look so bad in. But they have moved the ball, the Colts. Their Colts defense is not very good. That's the concern. And Tyler Heineke should have a good day. He should be able to move the football. And I'm playing the Colts, not outdoors, but indoors. But at home, this Falcon team seems to play better offensively and defensively. So I do kind of think it is the right move just by the way these two teams have played. The Falcons, how are they going to interpret Arthur Blank's commentary about Arthur Smith? I think that's the question. Are they going to come play like it's nothing or are they, are they worried? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be worried if you're reading the tea leaves when you see that comment there of saying, hey, we'll evaluate everyone at the end of the final three weeks. That's it's never a good sign there. Uh, let's get to a couple of quarterback injury games. Browns at the Texans. C.J. Stroud still trying to get through the protocol. Doesn't sound like he's going to play on Sunday. Opened Houston one and a half. Now Cleveland two and a half. Total's gone from 41 to 40. Right move, wrong move. Yeah, no, I think that's the right move. I don't. Uh, Stroud's not going to play. He's having real trouble with light. 
He's having real trouble with, uh, you know, kind of it bothers him. He's I, I, I would question whether he's going to play next week. And I think they got to be oh. really careful with him. So with Stroud out in case Keenum in a week to prepare for what they want to do with Keenum gives J- Jim Schwartz a, definitely a chance. Now, Cleveland's got a bunch of injuries, too. So let's be honest here. So that's not going to be easy for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at this point it's I think Cleveland or pass given the, uh, the the quarterback situation for Houston. I know Keenum got it done last week, but uh, we went we went to the Keenum well. We're not going to the well once again. We're not doing back to back case Keenums here. Uh, Jacksonville at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers open Jacksonville two and a half now as high as Tampa as a two point favorite. Lawrence unable to practice today. Totals gone from forty four and a half to forty two and a half. Right move, wrong move. Yeah, it's got to be the right move. I mean, look, you, you can't back C.J. Spethard, especially what Tampa did up in, up at Green Bay last week. So you think they're going to come back and play home, you know. Uh, and Jacksonville's defense has struggled. They get Tyson Campbell back. That's certainly going to help them. But they're, you know, they're not playing well. They've, they're 2-4 and four after the bye week. You know, after they, after they got done playing over in Europe and they, everybody was on them, they come back and play San Francisco – they haven't played well, and they've got a lot of injuries, especially in their offensive line. I think it's the right move. How about the Broncos hosting the Patriots? Denver opened five and a half, now six and a half. Total's gone from 36 to 34 and a half. Yeah, I think a lot of this is the fact that they know New England can't score, right? You know, New England's turns the ball over too much, and the fact that Denver lives off turnovers. And this is, Den- this is a made-to-order team for Denver to play. Mm-hmm. Has the line gone too far in this Giants-Eagles game where Philadelphia opened 10.5, now as high as 13.5 in the market here, Michael? Total's gone from 44 to 42.5. Yeah, I think it's gone a little too far, Femi. I mean, that's that's a lot. I, you know, I mean, I think people are figuring a bounce back. for Now, Philly always plays them. Philly beats them up pretty good. Yeah. They can't handle Philly. So I could see why it moves, but the way they're playing, they're not playing very well. You're, you're expecting Philly to turn a lever. But this, I think this is the fact that Tom, how many points do you think Tommy DeVito is going to score? <laughs> if, the, if it's not turnover assisted, I mean, you got to cap that thing at like 13 or something like that. Right. So can, can the Eagles score 27? They have in the last three weeks. They've only scored 49 points in the last three weeks. Yeah. Would you take the 13 and a half? I'd be scared too. I think it's a pass for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pass. so bad with these. I'm, I'm scared to take points. And just enjoy Christmas. Don't don't worry about betting that. Palms pressing three coming up next here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The holidays are here and let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. All you got to do is go to omahasteaks.com, save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use promo code VEASAN at checkout, get an additional $30 off your order. We're talking about filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, jumbo franks, whatever you want for your red meat-loving friends. omahasteaks.com, 50% off site-wide and save an additional $30 off using the promo code VEASAN. Minimum order may be required. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Femi and Bebfe alongside Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. And look who has come in studio. The one and only Mike Palm, VP of operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Uh, One third. Now it's two thirds of our triple option Friday version of the Lombardi line, which we encourage everyone to check out tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Palm, how are we doing today? Huh? You know, Mike Pritchard's tremendous. I have to tell you, Mike, he's a really is a nice guy. He opens up, tells so many wonderful stories uh, we took Mike and Femi to the hockey game last Friday we night. We did. A lot of fun. Uh, Femi has a very high tolerance, high, to- <laughs> high tolerance for those prop bets. Uh, but he hit his prop bet, and they had a great – you know, sitting on the glass, it's amazing how big these players are and how fast the game moves. Yeah. So, Mike, when do you get out here? If you get out here while well, hockey season's still in swing, well, i got to take you down and watch a game on the glass right behind the goal. You, you know, it's funny you mention that because the other night, Tuesday night, I was up at the Garden <laughs> – and, you know, you walk into the garden and it's, to me, one of the greatest sports arenas of all time. You know, it's seen so many champions come in and out of there, teams and players. And so I thought, you know, instead of thinking I wanted to go to a Knicks game, I actually wanted to go to a Ranger game mm. there because they say the Ranger games there are just incredible. And the venue's incredible. I mean, the next night I was in Wells Fargo last night watching the 76ers. Nice, not the same. And uh, there wasn't an urge for me to say, oh, I want to come see the Flyers. Like, I'm not even a hockey guy. And I just felt watching that. I said, 
right, we got to come back and watch the Rangers here. Yeah, no, the Rangers. How about the Devils out there in Jersey? Maybe you can go ahead and check them out uh, as well here. But the VGK game, thank you. Mike Palm for taking me out to the game well, thank once you again. for coming it was it was a whole lot of fun I enjoyed Amal it. Shaw was there Pritch Femi um Tim uh, Murray Tim Murray on Gil. his way out of town to go cover yeah. the Independence Bowl and Gil Alexander we're all there we're hanging out with Banksy it was yeah. a whole lot of fun mm-hmm. uh and we got this the the, the Jack Eichel anytime goal score yes, we, we got that home yes, you did. that was very nice uh let's get to something that people are more interested in though and that's Circus Survivor down yeah. to 10 people like 10 people uh any discussions about like what's going on this week like are we are we are we monetizing what's 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 happened what's the latest with circus survivor so i can tell you this four of the 10 have established credit lines with us okay and an additional two have wired money in so six of them are locked and loaded um to monetize now i have to tell you michael i think that the thing that's become in vogue this year is actually selling percentages of your entry um doesn't require you to be as liquid you know monetizing when you start doing it when you still have to pick five more winners this becomes a negative progression mm-hmm. game as you advance it's almost better you know betting money line parlays of your opponent's choices but i wanted to ask you michael because i want you to pretend you know pretend that you're one of the 10 remaining and that you have all four options available now only one person has the rams tonight against the saints but let's give that to you that the rams are still in your holster Nine of the 10 have the Packers at Carolina. Nine of the 10 have the Bears at home to the Cardinals. And all 10 have the Broncos in the snow at mile high against Bill Belichick late on Christmas Eve. If you're there with one of 10 tickets to win $9.2 million, which of those four teams are you trying to advance with? See, this Stormy and I talked about this. Picking the Sunday winner isn't hard. Picking the Saturday winners, the problem. This is where I think people are going to get eliminated from. My lean would be towards Denver. Because Denver's a turnover defense, and they're playing a team that can't wait to turn the ball over. And, you know, and, the, and on the road, particularly. Bailey Zappi's prone to it at home, on the road, neutral site, doesn't matter. They turn the ball over. So... You know, I think Peyton will have his team ready. They they will not be aggressive to turn the ball over. I think they'll play it close to the vest. I think six and a half is a lot of points, but I think they would win. That would be my lean. I would not trust Green Bay. Why? Mm. Because, look, one thing Carolina can do through all this is Carolina can run the ball and play defense. And against Green Bay, if you can run the ball, which every team has, even even Tampa, who can't run the ball, ran the ball against them, and they play good defense. And if you play good defense against Jordan Love, he's inaccurate at times. He loses the strike zone. So I'm not saying Green Bay's not going to win, but you'll be on the edge of your seat. So to me, I, th- I think that's the best play that I see. I would save Philly for Sunday, or I would save Kansas City for Sunday if I had them uh, for, my, for, for Christmas Day. And I think I would roll the dice here with uh, if I had no nobody has Buffalo. I would have taken nobody. Buffalo, but nobody has Buffalo. Nobody has Buffalo. Nobody has San Francisco. So on Monday, on Christmas, which is its own week, um, they, it, Philadelphia or Kansas City are the choices. Nine have Philadelphia. Two ha- have Kansas City. One person has both. Mm. So maybe use Kansas City and you've got Philadelphia. Now, one of the ten entries, the one that's been vocal about not chopping, Still has Jacksonville, which is a huge advantage as we go to next weekend because if Lawrence is healthy, I mean, they're hosting Carolina. It's a tough card, too. I mean, it's going to be very tough. Now, if one of these teams lose, if the Broncos lose to the Patriots, we might be, you know, down, done or down to a couple. Um, I would ask you, Femi, before I give you a scenario, you're kind of a a contrarian player, Mm -hmm. like to play dogs. (laughs) In these four games, are are there any of those four teams, Saints, um, Panthers, Cardinals, Patriots that you're on this week? Uh, none of them that I'm on yet, but I would lean toward New England, actually. Uh-huh. Just because I don't know if Denver has the offense to win by margin. Like, I think yeah. like, any of these options, it's going to be sweaty, whichever you go with. Like, especially if you've made it this far, everything. Like, you could even pick the Eagles on Monday, and you're going to be sweating. But I just think the fact that 
New England defensively, what they've been able to do all season long, like the offense has been their big problem. Defense has been dialed in against Russ. And we know that the Broncos don't really want to make explosive plays. They want to kind of manage him. Maybe it's a lower scoring game with the weather also playing a factor. Like I don't like weather would scare me in Survivor. Like I try to steer away from that. So I think New England, I don't know if they're going to win, but I could easily see them covering six and a half. So Michael, I think the player that has the Rams and I hear a lot of people love the Rams tonight. They're laying the four. Yeah, they're laying the four. They might not be a cop- popular contest play just because you have to put all your picks in by Thursday, and there's so much uncertainty at the quarterbacks with injury. But um, the guy that has the Rams left, if he can get through with the Rams tonight, he could have a dream scenario where the other nine took the Broncos, Ooh. and then he, and then he's sitting there. He will find out at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time on Saturday, so he'll have almost 24 hours. You know, if you had the money and you had the outs, Denver's like 290, minus 290. You could mm-hmm. bet $4.5 million on the Broncos. Broncos win. You advance with the other 10, and you picked up a million and a half. Broncos lose. You lose $4.5 million, but you just won 9.2. So you won $4.7 million profit, or the dream scenario, they tie. And you, and you push <laughs> that bet back. and get the whole 9.2. <laughs> but what a situation that would be to be in. It could happen. Yeah. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that someone's going to use the Bears, Michael. I just, I, I feel oh, that. I think somebody will use the yep. Bears. I yep. think they'll see the Cardinals and uh-huh. they'll take the Bears. I mean, yep. you know, playing at home, Cardinals are an indoor team. Yep. I mean, you know, look, uh, what are we, 80, per, let me see, I'm going through it, uh, you know, uh, 20%. I'm trying to see who, how many people have Chicago. Uh I don't think too many people have shit. Well, yeah, there's one, two, nine. Three. Nine, yeah. nine of the yeah. ten have nine it, Michael. Chicago. Nine, yeah, ninety yeah. percent. Yep. Yeah. Let, I want to. I will transfer away. We've got about a minute and a half here, Michael. I was asked this question in the in the debate segment with them all yesterday by Dustin. Of all the Super Bowl contenders, and let's just say Super Bowl contenders mean you could have be a top three seed in in either conference. Which one is the biggest fraud? Uh, well, I, th- I don't think Baltimore or San Francisco are frauds. Mm-hmm. I think Kansas City you could put as a mm. fraud. Mm. I think Philadelphia you could make a fraud. I answered Philadelphia. Because you know what you go back to, Mike? You go back to the three categories of yep. winning, mm-hmm. right? How many dominating wins has Kansas City had this year? How many has Philly had this year? The last dominating win Philly had was against Tampa in week three. Kansas City had a dominating win against the Raiders when they got behind 14 to nothing. They came back and won that game, 31-17. They outscored them 31 to three. Before that game, you have to go back to the Chargers back in like week seven when they dominated the Chargers in the second half. But they've had very few. They've had a lot of dictating type wins where they've kind of been in the game. Oh, they didn't make a play here. They won it. They made a play there. I, I, I don't. I think they're they're not anywhere near the level offensively, and then defensively, they're only going to get into problems when they play against a good coach and a good quarterback. Well, it doesn't sound like we think either of these Super Bowl participants from last year are going to get back to this year's Super Bowl. Do you think that they're able to even get to conference championship Sunday? Well, I think you can, you know, you can always win a game. I think the harder part is winning three, right? This is what the problem I have with Baltimore is Baltimore, you can win a game like they did last week, the way Lamar threw it in there and took some chances. I don't think you can put three of those games together and win. Fascinating stuff there. The Eagles and the Chiefs seem to be reeling at the worst possible time. All right, on the other side, we will get to Palms pressing three here and go over some hot topics from around the National Football League to wrap up the show. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least. 
as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Looking to bet smarter, the VSIN here is with the perfect offer, and it has the gift for you. Sign up on our holiday special today and get VSIN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. Sign up today and get unlimited access to daily best bets, exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, and 24 7 video, plus all our betting guides and best bets for all the college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out on this limited time offer today. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe to sign up on our holiday special. Now that's vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. It's the final segment of the Lombardi line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi, Mike Palm, VP of Circuit Resort and Casino, the operations here, hanging out with us for not one but two segments in studio. Let's get to Palm's right. pressing three here. All right, here we go, Michael. Question one is a two-part question. Femi's Dallas mm. Cowboys are the first team in the modern NFL to have a negative point differential on the road and at least a hunt plus 170 point differential at home. Part one, how do you explain this historic dichotomy of results? And part two, what gives in South Florida on Christmas Eve? Miami's inability to beat a team with a winning record or the Cowboys road blues. Yeah. So let's start with the Cowboys on the road. I, I think one of the things that show up with the Cowboys on the road is the fact that their offensive line can't control the game, right? They, they, you know, Carolina, that's easy. They can control the game. The Charger game, that was a three-point game, but they controlled it. They, the Chargers didn't affect Dak Prescott as much. They still threw for 246 in the game. You know, the Giant game, you know, let's face it, the Giants are not any good in the opener, and they didn't move the ball in the opener. Remember that game? They threw for 143. They won 40 because Daniel Jones was so giving and turning the ball over. So I think their offensive line has trouble blocking on the road. Snap count, and it puts more pressure on Dak. When you break down the Philly game, and you know, that they had a chance to win that. And then defensively, they do not have the ability to use the home crowd to utilize their speed, especially when their speed is on turf, to take advantage of it. And because their offense struggles a little bit on the road, right, their defense can't play from behind. Remember, this is a defense that's played 90 less plays than their offense. 90 less plays. It's almost two games. It is two games, frankly. And so they're used to playing 27 minutes, 28 minutes. But when their offensive line's struggling and they're not converting third downs at that rapid rate, all of a sudden this defense gets exposed. So that's the issue. It has nothing to do with mental toughness or physical toughness. It has everything to do with their inability to control the line of scrimmage, especially on the road. And I think we saw it at times at home. Seattle did. Seattle put 35 on them. But when they get ahead of you, like they got, like Washington was moving the ball in the first half, 
but then all of a sudden it, it, the game exploded in the middle eight, and now they lose 45 to 10. So for me, it's really about their inability to control the line of scrimmage with their offense and their defensive fronts. And what gives in South Florida? Is Miami Who's finally going to be? Is Miami finally going to beat a team with a winning record, or are the Cowboys going to beat a good team on the road? I think the Cowboys will beat a good team on the road. I, I, I just have a feeling the Cowboys are better than what they showed up in Buffalo. I think any team coming off of that, that shellacking has great attention. And I think that they have the – look, the one thing about Miami, they want to run the outside zone and they want to take shots down the field. And I think Quinn can defend that. If They're not going to beat you up. They're going to try to outrun you. Question two, Michael. A special present under all of our Christmas trees – is one we can't unwrap till Christmas evening. It's a showdown of the NFL's top two teams in Northern California. Is Ravens at 49ers a Super Bowl preview, one? And two, will it decide this year's NFL MVP? I think it will decide the MVP because I think if Purdy plays great or if Lamar leads an upset, that's going to steer the voting towards him. If McCaffrey has one of those sensational days, breaks 62 tackles, I'm not sure it's going to be the championship game because I have some concerns about Baltimore's ability to put three good games in a row against three good opponents. We saw the Rams almost beat him at home. And we saw the Rams run the ball on him. And I think this Mitchell injury that they just suffered, I think there's more concerns about their defense when you watch Baltimore, everybody talks about how good their defense is. Yeah, it is good when they go against somebody, when an offense that isn't great. When they go against an offense, like they went against Jacksonville. I loved Baltimore all week, three and a half, took up, recommended them. And it was, the, the game was a little closer than the score. But Baltimore really, other than the blown coverage, they, they had control of Jacksonville's offense. It's when they play against teams that understand how to move the football against them that they get into some issues. And I think San Francisco will, and those three teams in the playoffs will. So, you know, I, I think they can, but I worry about their consistency in terms of when they throw it up there and Lamar gets away with throwing a pass to like likely, can he do that three games in a row? I don't think so. Final question, Michael. You've spent a lifetime in football and the game – has been very good to you. As a Christmas present to all VSIN subscribers, what is the lesson learned from a life in the game that will be most valuable to them as betters? Forget last week's game. I think that I, I keep reminding myself that every week when I break down the games to take away the bias of last week. I made that mistake with Green Bay. You know, I thought Green Bay would play better coming off of a bad performance against the Giants, come home against Tampa and play better. I think assuming is probably the biggest deterrent to the sports better. We assume something's going to happen. We assume this will take place. We assume this guy's going to play good. And I make that mistake all the time. You know, I assumed that the Cleveland defense would struggle because they were so beat up. I assumed their offense would struggle because their offensive line was beat up. I was right on one of the two assumptions, but I end up pushing for the game. So I think you can't assume, and you gotta, and you got to forget about what happened last week. What you want to do is take the last four weeks, not the last week. For example, Philly's only scored 49 points in the last three weeks. If they turn it on and score 30 this week, that would be a lot of points for them to score when they haven't really been scoring that much. And, and we know the Giants can play defense for at least 45 minutes of the game. They'll keep it close at times. So I think a lot of it is the assumption and trying to play one week to the next. I see that happen all the time because we're, nobody's ever been in the locker room. And when you get humiliated like Dallas did, Mike McCarthy has their full attention this week. Hmm. There's, nobody, there's nobody wavering in the meeting. Everybody's been embarrassed. Everybody heard and read all the clippings. We saw Tua talk about how he's, he, he was reciting everything everybody said about him. We think these players don't pay attention, and they do. Here's a bonus question for you, Michael. Tell me the team in each conference that's best equipped to win three road games as a wild card and make it to the Super Bowl. Great question. That, that is a great question. And I think, to me, Miami could – because they're really good defensively. I think Baltimore definitely could win three road games. Uh, I do not think there's a team in the AFC South that could do that. The AFC West, Kansas City could. I think they could. Philadelphia could win three road games. They're battle-tested. Dallas couldn't. Detroit could win three road games. There's no question they could, because they are battle-tested and they run the ball. They're just not good enough on defense. Tampa can't. 
and San Francisco certainly can. I don't think the Rams could. I think the Rams are overvalued in the market because I think the Rams are great. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. It's one of Sean McVay's best coaching jobs. But they're, at the end of the day, there's still no talent on the team. They lack, lack a lot of depth. Do you think, from your comments, Buffalo needs to win the AFC East to have a shot at the Super Bowl? I didn't include them. I probably should have because they're not in the playoffs yet, but Buffalo can win three games on the road. Look, here's what we do know about the road. Why did Bill Walsh have a better road record than home record? Because his offense was able to dictate the game from the start. And with Josh Allen, you can do that. Josh Allen gives you a chance to win three road. Why did Cincinnati win all those road games to get to the Super Bowl? Because their offense could dictate. They weren't even out of the game. They were down a lot. Two of the games in Kansas City, one they came back to win, the other one they just barely lost. Well, from listening to you, Michael, it sounds like you might be leaning towards somebody from the AFC East representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. Is that correct? Because you said you have questions about Baltimore, questions about Kansas City. You think this is going to be either Buffalo or Miami that ends up going to the Super Bowl? I, I think Buffalo, if they get Daquan Jones back, and he, they brought him back this week to brush, they get him back in that defensive front. The way they're playing right now, the way their confidence is going, the way they've been battle-tested, I think they have as good – this is the best chance they've had. They're going to get the 10 wins, right? They're going to beat the Chargers. They're going to beat the Patriots. They're at 10 wins. Okay, Miami's at 10 wins now. So if Miami gets – if Miami wins two of the next two games, the, the, the game in Miami will be meaningless. But say Miami splits and they get to 11 and they're both 11 and 6. Or they're both the, – well, my, say Miami's 11 and, you know, they win one and lose one. Miami's 11 and 5 and they're 10 and 6. Buffalo plays that game for first place how quickly things can change in, in the NFL. We wanted to bury Buffalo. They might win the division. Well, I think they have a better chance this year because of the competitive landscape too, Michael. They don't have yep. this Chiefs juggernaut that they're going to go in and can't beat in Kansas City. No, the Chiefs, nobody's going to run away from anybody. Mm-hmm. No one's going to dominate the opponent, right? San Francisco's the only team that's been dominating their opponent. Baltimore has, but Baltimore hasn't played a lot of those teams that San Francisco's dominated. We'll see how good Baltimore is this week, but I agree with you. Like, you, you don't have to worry about Mahomes isn't going to get away from you. He, he ain't going up 28 to, like in that, in that Houston game where they got down and all of a sudden they came back. That's not the same offense. Well, I can't wait for the playoffs. Only three weeks away. That does it for us here on the Lombardi line. For Mike Palm, for Michael Lombardi, for our producer Stephanie Kamershack and the entire crew behind the glass, I'm Femi Abedfei. We wish you all the best of luck. Sharp Money's coming up next here on Visa. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.